Welcome to the Music Grind podcast. This is episode 17. podcast where we take a look at a lot day in the life behind the scenes kind of thing of uh, professional musicians whether it's full-time musicians um, yeah I guess full-time musicians working musicians let's just say that this is behind the scenes day in the life if you've ever wondered uh, what it is we do when we're not on stage that's the goal of, uh, of this podcast. And if you are a musician yourself and you just want to hear stories of other people and what they do, how they work, and uh, their stories, hey, this podcast works for that too. If this is your first time listening, thank you. And I hope you enjoy it. If you have listened before, also thank you. And thanks for coming back. You may have noticed that there has been a long gap. So this is a relaunch of this podcast because... Well, the truth is, um, life happens and <laughs> life happened to me. So for the, uh, for the past few months, I haven't been able to do stuff, uh, with the podcast. I've still been working. I've still been playing music. I've still been doing stuff in the creative world, just not able to run this podcast the way I would have liked to, but I'm back. And uh, and we're back here, and we're gonna I'm gonna keep going with um, with telling people's stories and and uh, bringing bringing to light the uh, the underworld. No, the the behind the scenes. You know the the stuff we don't see, the work that we put in as musicians. Um, and I want to really showcase. So so I am based in Tampa Bay, and uh, that's where. The focus has been and, and will be too. I want to showcase local musicians. We have a lot of talented people, a lot of talented groups in Tampa, uh, St. Pete, and the surrounding areas, and including Orlando. I have a few uh, Orlando musicians coming up, and I'm going to have more um, in the coming months. I just want to showcase um, local musicians. We hear a lot about Nashville, New York, LA, and rightly so. Those are huge cities and they have a reputation, but we have really awesome musicians here. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to talk to somebody from Nashville, New York, or LA. I will, um, given the opportunity. For instance, uh, Nathan Brown, who is a previous guest, um, he was here on tour visiting and I got a chance to talk to him, but he lives in California. Uh, but he's always welcome back. And in fact, I just saw him recently. He was back here um, a few months ago and I went and caught a show and, and go, go check that episode out uh, and go check him out uh, because it's really, really good. Uh, and he, he's amazing at what he does. Anyways, um, yeah, that's, that's the update. Uh, I am 
So I'll be working on uh, new stuff and new ideas for the podcast. If you have ideas, if you have somebody you want to hear from, uh, let me know. Shoot me an email, musicgrindpodcast at gmail.com or hit me up on Instagram. That's the best um, social media platform at musicgrindpodcast. Feel feel free to follow me there. Um comment like the pictures share them all you want dm me uh whatever whatever it is you want to do so today's guest is the inimitable and incomprehensible uh no he's not incomprehensible just his talent the level of talent that this this guy has is incomprehensible alfred shepherd he's a uh, a pianist a music director an arranger, uh, a film composer, uh, and composes for uh, stuff outside of film too. But his focus now is um, is going to be film composing. And in fact, um, we talk about that. We talk about how he's gotten into it and what he's doing next and his uh, next few steps. He's a treat to be around because... He's such a nice guy, such a beautiful person. And then when he sits down at a piano, it's like, oh man, I can't understand how good he is. Why is he this good? <sighs> Go check him out uh, at Alfred Shepherd Music. That's on Instagram. And then um, alfredshepherdmusic.com. I'm going to repeat all this at the end uh, where you're going to hear. So we talk about... Um, we talk about some stuff in his life, how he felt like he was cheating on jazz. How do you cheat on a style of music? Well, he's going to tell you. Um, his jazz odyssey. That was a nice little um, spinal tap reference. And how he considers himself a storyteller. In the end, how he considers himself a storyteller through everything that he does musically. And in fact, um, all of us are storytellers. But I'll let him explain that. So, oh, the other thing, can't forget this. He is uh, the music director for Mandy Harvey. Now, I've had other musicians um, on the podcast that play for Mandy. And in fact, I'm going to have one more in the coming weeks. Um, so I will have talked to the whole band after that next one is released. You can go find Will Cecina and Dave Hamar if you look at previous episodes and go listen to their stories. But um, today is the talented incomprehensibly talented <laughs> Alfred Shepard. So without further ado, here's Shep. I love that song. Yeah. Oh, I love, great. I love, yeah, it's, 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 I, I love, uh, yeah, I like, I like that, um, that horn line. It's, Thanks. it's really great. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. that. I'm planning to record it for real. That's all like on logic and yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm planning to record it for real soon. It reminds me of, uh, and not in a bad, like oftentimes when you, when you say that reminds me of ones, like you ripped it off. It's not, not, <laughs> not that you ripped it off, but it reminds me of, <laughs> this is a really nerdy thing, but I don't care. Uh, a, a video game I used to play Yeah. and there was a casino level. <laughs> And, Sonic uh, three, or Sonic two, or one of those. Sonic, the oh, okay, Sonic uh, the three D one. So this might be after your time. Okay. Uh, Sonic uh, Adventure one. Okay, yeah, I never played it's those. on the Dreamcast. Oh, but I, I played it on the GameCube. 
Yeah. <laughs> the the casino one that I remember is from I think it's Sonic Two. Sonic Two, yeah, yeah. Which has a similar thing, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um pinballs and stuff. That was yeah. fun. Yeah. Love that game. Yeah. Three was my favorite. Nice. Um well, I guess we've started the interviews. So. Have we? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> this is it. It's going to be it. This All right. It. <laughs> so, um, tell me about how how you started in music. Did you grow up in a musical family? I did. Um, I did. Uh, so my dad is a is a music teacher. Uh, he taught all levels, and um, by the time I was born, it was elementary school. And my mom was a professional singer, uh, originally in New York, from New York, and. Um, uh, yeah, they, uh, um, um, well, my dad was also a, a minister and uh, my mom was uh, the choir director. And when I was like tiny, like three years old, um, I had to sing in my mom's choir and I hated yeah. it. Really? <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I, I did not like the sing. I, I, I was, I, I was not, I was not having it. <laughs> so you didn't, you didn't like to sing or you didn't like being on stage and people watching you? Um, I didn't like to sing. Okay. I didn't like to sing. I just, I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so my way of saying, well, you know, fine, I'll do it, you know, is <laughs> I'm going to learn piano, you know, and, and so that was my way of still being like a part of everything, but I didn't have to, I didn't have to sing. And that's kind of how I just, that's the story I tell everyone <laughs> of how I decided I wanted to play piano. Um, it's a, it's a, it's an act of rebellion. It's an act of rebellion, you know. It's it's not a phase. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you still rebelling then, right now? <laughs> I guess I'm still. Re- well, it's funny. Um, <laughs> I uh, my parents are super supportive, and uh, we'll get into that. But um, <laughs> there was a point where, um, when I was in college, I was going to change my major from music to engineering, and they were like. Are, are you sure? <laughs> they were shocked. It was a, it was a funny thing. But no, uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, I, I, yeah, I just didn't like to sing. I didn't. I don't know. I was, I was always a quiet kid, um, and um, kind of. I don't know. It, it just wasn't my thing. But, but I, I, I saw the. I, it was my mom at the time playing piano, and I was like, well, let me do that instead, and you sing since you're the singer. Or oh yeah, you know. And, uh, that's very practical. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's, that's sort of how that happened. Um, so yeah. Uh, and then I would say that, um, and, um, with my dad being a music teacher, uh, elementary school teacher, when I, I naturally, I went to the same elementary school that he taught at. Okay. And, um, so, you know, most kids after school, uh, you know, they go straight home, but, uh, I rode to school and with my dad, so I would have to stay after school yeah. um, in the music room while my dad get more, you know, work done and I would wait and then, you know, one, two hours later, then we'd go home. And I would essentially have this entire room, you know, filled with instruments and music stuff all to myself. It was just like a playground. And um, so, like, <laughs> I don't know the proper term for this, but there is this... Uh, the thing called a, it was like a, I can describe as a plastic paper towel roll in which you hit the ground and it would make a bunk and it was tuned to a pitch. Okay. And there was like eight of them. So obviously it's the C major scale. So you have the bigger one that's a C plunk and then the one, uh, the next one is the D, whatever. So I remember 
I had um, I had a C one and I had an E one, and yeah. I played them together. And I'm like, this sounds good, yeah. you know. And I was like, Dad, check this out. And he was like, Yeah, how about you try E and G together? See what that sounds like. And I was like, Oh, you know. So that that was like like the my like early fundamental stuff of music was was kind of in elementary school, kind of exploring around this big music room that my you know my dad had. Um, of course, there was a keyboard lab room as well. I wish I knew the name of that keyboard that they had. It was an old Yamaha, and it had like a cartridge. It's like a Sega Genesis. We're talking wow, about something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but it was basically like a like a band in a box, like a Ranger keyboard, where you play the chord on the lower part of the keyboard, and the band, the quote yeah. band, would play <clears throat> according to the chord. Right. But and the style really, too, right? Because you have to set a style. Exactly. You yeah. would set the style, and it could be bossa, or right. it could be country or techno, I, I, and so many hours, <laughs> so many hours was 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 uh, devoted that what was really great was that this one you can mute and solo certain tracks so oh. I was actually able to like just listen to the bass line and like and and or listen to the chords and that gave me an understanding of arrangement and composition and things like that at an early age I wasn't necessarily applying it but I understood like how you were okay so you were learning about it just almost in a passive way but were you thinking that way like oh this is what the bass does this is what the chords do this is what the guitar yeah. were you thinking that consciously of it at that age um i don't know that that that's a, it was a while ago um <laughs> what do you mean that was yesterday <laughs> yeah it was just yesterday <laughs> i just started um i would say certain things well piano was obviously you know, there was a real piano there too. And, yeah. and so, so I would say that maybe I didn't quite understand the concept of like the drums yet or the bass, maybe the little bit of the bass, but I would always solo the piano, whatever the piano or the electric piano or whatever you want to call it. And, and I would sort of mimic that or figure out what, what they're playing. Um, there nice. were, the keys did not light up. So there were no light up keys yeah. back, that, back then. <laughs> so it's great ear training too. It was great. Yeah. Ear, it was, ma yeah, magnificent ear mm. training for sure. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, um, that, that was sort of my, uh, my, I guess, how I kind of got the fundamentals down of just, Music. I mean, there was there was a computer lab too. So there was like you know, click this, click C. Great. Now click E. This you is know? still in an elementary school. It's still in elementary wow. school. I didn't get that until high school. Really? Yeah. I'm not that level of technology. Right. You know, right. I had piano lessons, but not not that level of uh you know of use of technology. Yeah. yeah. I'm. I was I was born in ninety one. So I'm barely a '90s kid. <laughs> uh, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I hear different definitions of where that started. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. It was a very early version of. It was like a. It was like the gray Macintosh uh, uh -huh. computer, and you yeah. know, I, I played around with those things and all sorts of stuff. Whatever. And, so, so this brings up two questions in my mind. Okay. For, as your your dad is. Um, uh, a teacher mm -hmm. was he then at some point giving you formal lessons on on an instrument or on theory or anything about that and and then in the church did your church have did your church have a band or did they have a, a pianist or, or organist or somebody that you would then watch and emulate as well so I guess my question is like is it are you just emulating this electronic device or were there real musicians that you were also emulating 
I guess you would say both. Um, I guess to your first question, um, not really. My my dad, my dad sort of guided me. Okay. Uh, and I, I don't know how much of this was intentional, because <laughs> um, um, it it felt to me that he was just like check out what's over there, and it's like oh great, you know. And so he's letting you discover. Yeah, that yeah. He, he I mean, it, and which is great because I yeah. wasn't like you know. Um, you know, I, I teach a lot of kids and they're, you know, a lot of the parents make them quote, yeah. take lessons. And that's right. not necessarily what my dad did. He just sort of let me explore. Um, he never really sat me down and say, you know, all right, learn your scales. Mm-hmm. Um, that means that my mom did, <laughs> which I do appreciate. Um, uh, my mom was, cause my mom was actually the pianist. My dad wasn't really a, a pianist. He was actually a band guy. Um, yeah. But my mom was the pianist, and she taught me the basics of that. Um, so the, but yeah, that, so technology definitely helped. Um, as far as church, um, I've played in, my family's been through numerous churches. Um, lots of them were, it was just a piano player, mm-hmm. and some of them were <clears throat> band. However, there probably weren't more than just a drummer and a bassist or a second keyboard player. And yes, absolutely. I've watched them. Um, um, I wish I could name one of them right now, but his name's escaping me, but he's a very, uh, he does the, uh, the Tampa Bay jazz festival. Maurice, Maurice, Maurice Allen. Allen, Maurice mm-hmm. Allen. Um, I, I remember seeing him at a church when I was very young and seeing his chords and his virtuosity and his movement yeah. Um, I was, and I was very young and, um, and absolutely like how, how seeing how the, he interacted, you know, musically with the other instruments, uh, definitely, um, helped me out. Nice. I definitely absorbed that. Wow. So, yeah. When did you start? Um, where, was there any point where you had formal lessons? Was I did. It- um, so from elementary school, my parents, um, my parents, saw the, I guess, saw potential in me. And from there, they've put me in tons of intensive programs, uh, such as jazz bands and um, regular band. I played percussion, all counties. Uh, you played percussion? I was a percussionist, yeah. Did you enjoy it? I did, yeah. I was, uh, I, I, I actually own a xylophone. Not many people yeah. know that, <laughs> but yeah. Now I played, everyone knows it. Oh, now they are, <laughs> yeah. Everyone's tuning into the, yeah, this is an exclusive yeah. Music Grind podcast. Uh, yeah, I uh, yeah, I I played mallet, I played timpani, I played snare drum. I loved it. I I, I yeah, I I wish I did it in high school too, but I didn't quite was able to do that. But yeah, I I was in so and and I did yeah, and then when I was twelve, I took about maybe a year of formal classical lessons, where I learned to read music a bit more, um, use fo- proper fingerings, mm-hmm. um, things like that. And then um, from there, I went to Blake High School, oh, which, nice. which had a, um, they had what you would call, quote, majors. And I was yeah. still in their, in their jazz program, but I was also a piano major in which I really dove into classical. Um, I really wanted to be this educated classical person. So I tried to study Bach and Beethoven and all, and all that other stuff. So that would, I would say, be the continuation of my formal piano training. Um, wasn't as intense and in-depth as I would have hoped um, really more on my end than, 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 than theirs. There's, but um, yeah, that, that would be, uh, that, that, that would be my, uh, I guess, formal training. And then I guess I went to uh, 
college. I was I auditioned to Berkeley College of Music, and um, I got a scholarship, and I was uh, I was really close to going. Um, but then I started having second thoughts of uh, you know, well, what if I want to have a family or kid? How am I going to support them and all that other stuff? So really, yeah, yeah. It's it was uh, it was an interesting time. Uh, 17, 18-year-old Alfred was really starting to be concerned about that. And my dad was a provider, and I guess I saw, I saw what he's done for, to our family and, and, and how am I going to do that, just kind of having doubts and things like that. So, But he did it as a, as a music educator, right? He did it as a music educator. And that didn't, that didn't give you um, well, at least evidence that it is possible on some level? Well, he, he was a music educator, but he also had three other jobs. Oh, I see. He was a minister, uh, you know, at a church. He was um, a the head of a custodial staff of a theater, and um, and then at and then at a certain point, he was um, he was managing a, a restaurant with my mom. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, uh, my my dad he'll tell you he's a workaholic, and so am I. That's exactly where I get it from, <laughs> and um, so you know. I, I, I wouldn't want to be in that position, I guess you can say. Um, but I am still eternally grateful for my dad. Actually, he just retired last week, <laughs> um, oh. 43 years teaching. Wow. Um, and um, Congrat- I just, yeah. congratulations to him. Yeah, absolutely. We just came from a um, ceremony. They did a great job. And um, I am forever grateful for all that he has done uh, for our family and things like that. Is but, that all here in, in Florida, in Hillsboro? No, uh, he actually start, he started teaching in Mississippi. Okay. That's actually where I was born. And, um, but I moved here when I was very young. Okay. Um, but then he taught at Sefner Elementary School and then he moved to Valrico Elementary School and that's, that was his last part. Nice. Um, but yeah, uh, so I guess to go back to what your original question, I went back, I went to U- University of South Florida and I double majored and jazz performance and mechanical engineering. Right. I was going to ask that, that kind of, um, was that, that was the time that you were switching over to engineering right. because you were, you wanted to be able to support a family or you had concerns at least. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, gotcha. I, I, I did. So I, I mean, I actually wanted to completely leave music and just go to engineering but my academic advisor sort of was like, well, you're kind of close. So he kind of convinced me uh, to double major, which I honestly still wouldn't wish on anyone. <laughs> it was interesting going to, you know, jazz improv and then going to chemistry and then going from <laughs> chemistry to jazz combo and then jazz combo to calculus. And uh, they say that you, they're, they're, that, that, that music and math like correlates and I'm sure it does, but like that, that's it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was definitely a lot for me. But, um, but you finished it. You have a degree in both. Uh, well, I, I was close to finishing mechanical engineering, um, and I always tell myself I can go, I can come back if I really want to do it. I'm about maybe eighty percent done, but wow, I needed a, I needed a break. Yeah, and I was eligible to graduate from music, so I figured. Let me go, and then I and then I, I um. It was interesting. I I wasn't. I was trying not to gig for a little bit, but then my car broke down, and I had to fix my car. And then I get this call like, "Hey, you want to do this gig?" And I'm like, "All right, I'll do this one thing." And <laughs> then 
something else happened to my car. <laughs> I got it fixed again. There goes the money. It's like, hey, what about this? And it's like, all right, I'll do it. And then I'm, I kind of got back into the scene. And um, Well, okay, so yeah. we jumped ahead, we got have. back into the scene. So okay. how did you get into the scene to begin with? How did I get into the scene to begin with? That's a really good question. Um, I guess I knew people and in college at, 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 yeah, at, at USF, University of South Florida. That's where I, um, I, everything, like almost every gig that I do now, I can stem from, well, he knows this person from this person who I met mm -hmm. at USF. Okay. Um, were you doing anything before, like during, in high school, were you playing at church or were you playing with your friends in high school or something? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Um, uh, I was, I actually started a band when I was 12. Nice. Um, yeah, it was, that was an interesting time. But yeah, I started a band when I was 12. Um, I, I was for my parents' church. They did a block party and they made me over the music. And so I got a lot of people together and um, I did that. And then, um, and then, yeah, throughout middle school and high school, I've played for several churches, um, black churches, um, you know, Baptist, Methodist, non-denominational, the whole mm -hmm. thing. I even played for a Church of Scientology for one point. That wasn't intentional, but you know, it happened. You, <laughs> they tricked you or something? What do you? No, they no. I don't it, know how it, much you can say. It, it, it wasn't malicious. <laughs> no, they, they were actually really nice people. Okay. Uh, it was it was fine. It was just. Um, I'm just trying to understand how it wasn't intentional. I, I in other words, I wasn't. I didn't set out to play for a science, Church of Scientology. Oh, okay, yeah. It was just a gig, and the next thing I know. Oh, <laughs> oh! They're Scientologists. This is where we are now. Gotcha. You know? right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Through, yeah, I, I, I've especially high school. I got a lot of. I, I even played for musicals, which was really, yeah. really cool. So, do you enjoy that? I did. I'm not a theater guy, um, okay. uh, or I wouldn't even call myself particularly fond of musicals. But that being exposed to that world, it's just, it's different, you know? Um, I, but I think that really, uh, really played a lot into my musical development. How so? Um, well, there's the whole kind of the show go, must go on. Like even if something messes up, you kind of have to keep going and roll with it. Yeah. Which also comes with church too, in yeah. my opinion. Um, but you have like, I feel... Uh, this is going to be hard for me to say because I'm not a theater person and it's not my place to say this, but I feel that like, like with theater, it's not as precise. Oops. It's not as uh, it's not as precise. Like um, you have to hit your mark, but it doesn't have to be on that exact pixel um, as a, as opposed to like, like, like every single show that you do is not exactly the same. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of shows are exactly the same, but the shows that I've done, oh, she said that line a little bit different that time, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. oftentimes when you're, you're in the pit, uh, you know, you're in the pit in the band, you're waiting for them to say a certain line before you start to play the intro, right. you know? And being able to understand the story, uh, the narrative and being able to kind of adjust and weave through that, I'd say was a pretty um, important part. You, one of the things I've noticed about you and I've noticed about you in listening to you, obviously you've played here, I've played with you before mm -hmm. in other, in other stuff. And then we just recently did a, a you know, the a Christmas concert here at this church. Right. And um, 
you're really good at following the leader, following the singer, essentially, sure. you know, in like those rubato sections or whatever in the case is. You have this this um, intuition. Well, thank you. <clears throat> um, where does that, it seems to me like theater is a, is that's necessary in a lot of situations, but it's also necessary in church. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it, it, it came from church. Um, when okay. my mom was the, um, uh, minister of music, choir director, whatever. And she would, um, she would, um, um, this, I mean, this was like probably my first days playing in church or I'm still like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, this is, this is still new to me, you know? Yeah. And my mom would start singing and then she would just segue onto another song. I'm like, I didn't get to that song yet. <laughs> <laughs> and, but you got to make something up or, you know, even, I mean, there have been times where, cause my, my mom knows so many hymns. It's crazy. I, 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 I have, I am surprised on how many hymns my mom knows and there's, and there's just no way I could learn all of them. <laughs> and so that, that actually for, I'm, 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 I'm going away from your point for a second, no, but that actually it. had me um, like analyze what she's singing. Like, okay, I think this is going to be a five chord coming up. You know, it actually had me anticipate that. So all that to say that, at that, you know, that my mom just sort of just going with it of just whatever, wherever the spirit takes her. Yeah. And I, and I am expected <laughs> to, to be there. Um, that sort of started, um, I guess my, um, say sensitivity towards singers to be whatever, uh, to have their freedom to do it. And then when I, when I, when I did musical theater for a little bit, I, I, I do remember like connecting the dots, like, okay, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, all right, that, that actor or, uh, is doing this way, do it this way. So I'll just kind of go over here and, and make sure, you know, it's there for, you know, whatever. You right. Know? But, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's very, it's, it's, it's not something I like actively worked on. I didn't, I never said like, I'm going to be a sin, you know, I'm going to uh, anticipate where the singers are going to do. It's right. just something that I guess uh, I picked up on or, you know. Uh, it's one of those, it's one of those things I, I often think about um, when it comes to artistic, but in this case, musical talent and skill mm -hmm. there's a you know the the debate of nature versus nurture mm. so is this something i mean i don't know that you will that you could ever completely figure it out but is it something that you were born with or is it something that was instilled in you so early that it feels like you were born but it's actually nurture you know what i mean yeah that's a that's a really good because question. it doesn't feel like just as you described that in set out to it doesn't feel like that it feels just incredibly natural for you yeah yeah i I'm hard pressed to say that I was born like I I I lean more towards the um and and my parents wouldn't necessarily agree with this but I I I lean more towards anyone can do anything if they work at it hard enough um I but at the same time I do understand that people are are naturally inclined and to succeed in other things more than others. But it's, it's just hard for me to say. It's, it's hard for me to say, oh, yeah, I'm naturally. Well, I'm going to ask you another uh, hard question. Oh, no, here it comes. What, what do you think you were born with? What are the talents that you were born with that, you're, that you find are your strengths? That's, 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 that's really hard, man. Why, why, why did you do this to me? <laughs> What was I born with? Ah, I, I, okay. Um, well, 
<laughs> is it is it difficult? Because I guess. Okay, I'll, I I I have something. I so <laughs> I I I I don't like this. <laughs> I'll say it anyway. All right. I I had a good ear. Mm-hmm. Um. I I I so what the story that absolutely sh- shocked my mom was um i don't even, i guess it was another computer program um but <laughs> but it no it it goes to the analog it it'll, it'll go to real stuff it's fine i heard something played on the computer and then i went into the other room and i played the i played it on the piano i think it was twinkle twinkle little star i taught myself how to play twinkle twinkle little star and um and there was never no one shown it to me no one you know told me about it and my mom was like, "Oh my god!" You know, she was yeah. so excited from there. Yeah. And how, I old guess, were, how old were you then? Gosh, three, four. I nice. was really young. Yeah. I was very young. Yeah, probably four. Um, so I guess you can say that that came naturally to me. I was, I was, I was the guy that if you play something, I would play it back to you. Yeah. And I did later. I did work on that because oral yeah. theory and things that you could, you know, but. Um, and I, I, I played by ear for a long time as well. Yeah. So, um, so it's a gift that you were born with, but then over time you develop exactly unintentionally at first and then intentionally develop yes. it. Yeah. Yep. I would agree with that. I sure. think you have a great ear. Oh, well, thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, now I'm wondering like, why was that so difficult? You're such a, you're such a nice guy. You're such a, a quiet guy and humble, even sometimes maybe not self-deprecating, but you're, sure. you downplay your own thing. Is that why that question was so difficult? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, it's, that's, it's hard. <laughs> it's, it's hard to, uh, to talk yourself up, especially mm. yeah, okay. certain future endeavors that I have to take at where I actually am going to have to talk myself up. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just hard. <laughs> that's true. In this business, yeah. it, we are often required to, talk ourselves up mm-hmm. or or more blatantly sell ourselves exactly how are you um well yeah i'll ask now how are you preparing for that or training or practicing that um well luckily we have we do have technology and we do have social media mm-hmm. so nowadays it's not as hard for someone to look you up and see. Yeah. So, so what I focus a lot of my energy on is when somebody looks me up, what are they going to see? Mm. Like, what are my last five Instagram posts, you know, um, or, or what's on the front of my website? Or if they Google me, what's the first thing they're going to see? Yeah. Um, that being said, you got to get them to look you up first, right? <laughs> so that, so that is something I'm working on. Um, well, I'm never, I, I, I do know my strengths, uh, or and my and some of my weaknesses hopefully i'm never going to be the charismatic yo what's up man you know you should check out my stuff that's just i even if i were to force myself to do that you know i'm not genu- genuine and you're not going to you know do it but people i think what resonates with people is when you're real with them yeah and is and you're not trying to sell them something and um that that makes an impression on them, and I, and I think so. There's that, but also I am going to go out to 
networking places, jam sessions, definitely jam sessions, but just get togethers and things that, that it's not my cup of tea, unfortunately, but it's something I am forcing myself to just sort of go out and get used to it. So mm-hmm. I guess that would be my, uh, my way of doing that. Yeah. That's good. And yeah, sometimes it does feel like a, a necessary evil. Yeah. But but it is good. Yeah. When did you when did you know that you want to do this for a living? Cuz you at you said at 17 and 18 you were dithering between staying in music mm-hmm. and engineering because you want to be able to support a family. So that must mean on some level at that point you were thinking about I won't be able to support a family with music. Yeah. So should I? So when when did that whole thing of like I want to do this for a living start for you? Yeah, because obviously you don't you don't think that at three when you learn Twinkle Twinkle. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, but at some point you start thinking. It's. I mean, it's almost well. It's it's weird because my entire life I did think I was going to do this for a living. Oh really? Um, yeah. I I I. It wasn't until seventeen and eighteen that I started to have doubts, but. Um, so it's hard, it's hard for me to pinpoint like all right this is the moment I'm going to, I'm going to be a professional musician I I cuz it was just always a part of it now I had unre- unrealistic expectations I thought I was going to go to New York and play in big bands and jazz, and and that was going to be it Why just, was that an an unrealistic expectation Uh I don't think there's many musicians musicians that are making a living solely on playing in a big band in New York. Okay. And I think that's what I was thinking. Gotcha. Um, Yeah. I mean, I know that's a part of it, but you know, you'll probably have to teach lessons and play in cover bands and wedding bands. And and I, I didn't understand that concept yet. Um, I wasn't quite there, but you know, the big band jazz band, that was the music academia thing. That's, that's what you did in school. So I thought naturally I would do that Uh when I graduate too. Like I know where I am. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so once that, that re, that once that reality started coming to me that, like, I didn't, I, I guess at that time I was a hardcore jazzer. I was trying to do, you know, all the Michael Brecker, John Coltrane, and if it wasn't jazz, I wasn't interested. Like, I was, like, trying to, like, be, like, the next great jazz pianist or something. I don't know. Um, and that, 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 you know, led to certain things that we may get into or we may not to. But... Um, <laughs> scandalous stories. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to live that life. No, 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 nothing like yeah, which is really ironic. But no, my life was pretty clean as far as that. Can, no, but I, I want yeah, I wanted to 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 be that. I guess I'll go into that. But yep. then I realized that I wasn't listening to jazz because I liked it. I was listening to jazz because I was supposed to be listening to it. And it basically backfired and I actually was not enjoying jazz anymore, like at all. Um, And I was lying to myself for like a a good period of time. Um, What were you enjoying? What music were you enjoying? Like what was, what was that, that kind of implies that you're listening to jazz, you're not enjoying it, but there's this guilty pleasure over here that like, oh, I would rather listen to that. Would, did that exist? And if so, what was that? <sighs> the real, so it did exist. So in order for me to answer that question, I, I have to preface it with um, whenever I did not listen to jazz or whenever there was even music playing that wasn't jazz, 
I felt like I was slacking off. You know, I felt like I was doing the wrong thing. Okay. And so, because um, I was, I was, I was a super hyper focused kid. Um, you know, that's kind of what I'm known for. I'm just the guy who's just super focused on, yeah. you know, trying to excel in whatever he does. But um, so, um, basically, my break from that was actually film movies. And if I were to hear a song on a film and I remember it, it's, it's, it's not like I was seeking it out. It was like I discovered it. So now, now I don't feel as bad for listening to it because it wasn't, it wasn't, um, <laughs> it, it wasn't this, uh, you know, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't time I was supposed to be spending listening to jazz music. Uh, so... Time you were taking away from jazz. Right, exactly. Yeah, I was just is, watching a film and right. this song just happened to play or this score just happened to play. Wow. And so I, that's kind of how I indirectly uh, got into soundtracks and film scores and film music. Um, and that's basically what I was listening to. And that, so that could be anything from, um, I don't know, anything. The first thing that's coming up is Spoon. You know that no. band, Spoon? Uh um, let me think of just something more. Anything. It could be Tupac. Uh, I remember. Uh, it could be. It could be. How how did Tupac and film relate? <laughs> so there's there's this film called uh, He's Got Game. Oh yeah. Um, with uh, oh my gosh, am I? I I could be getting some 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 stuff mixed up as a while ago, but with Denzel Washington, and um, I'm pretty. Sh- I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure there was a Tupac track on there. Okay. Um, oh, I see. So it was in the film. Right. And it, Oh, okay. And then- yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the, 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 I, now I know what's going on. I, I know. I now I know. I'm, I'm actually not thinking about Tupac. I'm thinking of someone, someone um, sampled the, um, the stop look. What's that time? What's that sound? Everybody look, mm-hmm. and someone mm-hmm. rapped over that. Okay, I don't, I don't believe that was Tupac. I believe that was someone else. But anyway, anything. Uh, more, more, more often though, it was the score that I was attracted to in the orchestra, and and um, kind of. Um, I remember just like, oh, that's the orchestra, and there's an orchestra department at the school, and you know, and, and hearing the strings and things like that. That was I was drawn to a little bit more more of that, but when it, whenever there was a quote, commercial song, um, I, I might remember, that might stick in my head, I might listen to that later. Did you, okay, did you, um, let's say there's a commercial song, did okay. that prompt you to go and listen to more stuff from that artist or did it just stick to that song? No, because if I were to go more into that artist, I would be cheating on, 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 jazz. on jazz. Yeah. <laughs> what about, so, okay, so here's the element of having the orchestra and you mentioned there's an orchestra thing at the school. Right. And Is that what prompted you to study more classical, to go towards that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Did that feel like cheating on jazz? Eventually, by the time I got to um, college, then I started being a bit more honest with myself. Okay. Um, and that's what I, that, what I tell people is that music is like a marriage um, and you, you have to, even though I've never been married, um, so, but you, you, you have to, you know, you have to treat it right or it will 
absolutely blow up in your face. Um, and you're not always going to want to be, you know, around this person. Uh, certain marriages are maybe may, certain married people will probably say no to that. And, and that's great. Great. That's I'm, you know, more than happy about that, but <laughs> cer- certain other marriages, maybe not, you know, sure. per- perhaps, you know, sure. but you have to be honest with yourself. It's okay. Why right now am I not finding this? You know, I kept ignoring that. I kept saying, I kept just trying to get out of it as much as I can with just ignoring, you know, um, eventually once I made it to college, um, I started acknowledging that, you know what, this is, this Michael Brecker tune is absolutely crazy, <laughs> but, and it's, and it, I, I totally appreciate what he put into that. And I totally appreciate what the piano player is doing and the drummer is doing, but I just don't like this one. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Like no one has told me that, or, or I wish someone has told me that I should say, I wish someone have t- could have told me that if I would have gotten that, I would have been fine. That it's okay to, to not like. Yeah. A tune or a right. style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still learn it. Still transcribe it. Get get from it what you need to get from it. Right. But if you don't like it, that's okay. Yeah. And once I started, once I got a bit more mature and, and started, you know, being honest with myself, then I, you know, and I just started knowing the business more and things like that. Then yeah, I I I, I um I, there was a period where I would just did I probably went a good like three, six months where I just did not listen to jazz. And I was okay with it. Like <laughs> The jazz gods are not looking on down <laughs> on me. Like, you know, they don't want to, you know, curse me or anything like that. So, yeah. and, and yeah, from there, I, I got more into classical. Um, I studied, I remember taking the music theory classes at, um, at a USF, which were more, which were, you know, classical driven, not jazz driven, which mm-hmm. was a little bit for me to um, swallow at first, but then I, you know, I figured it out. And yeah, I remember applying four-part writing and all that other stuff um, into the classical stuff. And that's kind of how I got into orchestral and more traditional writing. So have you made peace with jazz now? Have I made peace with jazz? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, 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 I have. Do you <laughs> but ever, we're good now. <laughs> do you ever listen to, I mean, there are different eras. I mean, you mentioned right. Michael Brecker, but that's not the same as, as Tommy Dorsey. Yeah. Or that's not the same as Miles, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And there wasn't, I think Snarky Puppy was around, but, um, um, I didn't know anything about it, you know, at the time, but yeah, I, I didn't realize that there was like, I didn't, I thought there was, you know, there's smooth jazz and real jazz and that's it, <laughs> you know, oh, okay. and stay away from the smooth jazz, you know? Uh, but now, I, I, yeah, I, I am at peace with it. I am not pursuing a jazz, I'm not pursuing a jazz career. Mm-hmm. Jazz is always going to be a part of my life. I will probably always play jazz. Right. But I, and if it happens, it happens. But as of right now, I'm currently not pursuing a jazz career. Right. But that's okay. And a jazz is still a huge part of my playing. You're going to hear it, <laughs> you know, whether sure. I'm playing you know, a pop song or not, you're going to hear my jazz thing. And, and, and that's great. I'm proud of that. And I guess, and that way, that's how I've uh, come at peace with it. Okay. I wasn't expecting to talk about this. This feels like therapy <laughs> to me now. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. But this is part of your story. This is, this is what so. makes you. It's a pretty elaborate story. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, it does come through in your playing, but, it, but, but mm-hmm. R&B, Right. Definitely church comes through in your playing. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. And and the um I don't know if I've heard it personally, the 
classical in terms of you know baroque or yeah. romantic but but a lot of um i can hear in your playing a lot of um the more modern classical modern classical pop mm-hmm. which is you know built on some of that i've never heard you play you know 12 tone rose but you know I don't you think never know I'm, you know yeah. <laughs> well there's a piano right there no. oh no here we go <laughs> um so uh so I, I skipped a question that i have asked i think almost everybody else okay who are your top three influences now i for you i wanted to break it down but after after hearing this story about your odyssey with jazz <laughs> your jazz odyssey <laughs> um i was gonna originally gonna ask who are your top three influences and then who are specifically top three film scoring influences but i'll just i'll, oh, wow. I'll just say top three because they you know they might be the same whatever top three influences you know on your instrument or or not i don't use any Three musical influences. Oh boy, yeah, that's that's, that's tough. <laughs> I this is this, this is, is a hard hitting. All right, I'm I'm uh, gonna really <laughs> challenge myself. I'm just gonna just just give you three. Okay, that that'll that'll, um, and one of them is is probably not a musician. Okay. Um, so uh, now I have to. I'm trying to choose one piano player. This is gonna be really hard. Well, it doesn't have to be because you might not have been influenced so much by a piano player. Yeah. I mean, if if you were sure, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Herbie Hancock. Um, I I don't study him as much now as I did, but when I was developing, like when I I, I feel like a lot of what I was what I play, especially the blues stuff, even some gospel stuff, stems from Herbie Hancock. That's really interesting. Um, yeah. Um. Now I'm more into like Chikoria and and um, other stuff like that, but still, I mean, I I love Herbie Hancock, out, you know. Um, number two, well, I guess we got to go into film scoring now, right? Um, there's a okay, there's a comp- well, I there's a composer, and his name is Harry Gregson Williams. Um, he has he has scored a lot of um he scored he's i think he did like the shrek movies um he he did like the metal gear solid for the video game thing yeah he did um he's 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 everywhere he's he he's he's been all over the place i think he's doing the new mulan movie it's coming out the remake um which oh now i have to see it (laughs) (laughs) you weren't gonna see it before but now that now (laughs) that he's gonna see it now i think that that podcast that I sent you, I think he was like one of the latest was, interviews, yes, right? Yes, I yeah. was so glad you sent that to me. And yeah, yeah, he did the penguins thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that was really good. Thank you for sending that to me. Sure. I really I, I really enjoyed that. For for anyone else who's in, there's a podcast called Four Scores, F O R S C O R E S, that interviews film score yeah. uh, composers, uh, and he is one of them. Yeah. Yeah, he. So the first score I heard that 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 got me into film music was it's another Denzel Washington film. My mom's a, you know, my mom like like most black women in her forties are huge Denzel Washington fans. Uh-huh. So 
We've seen, I've seen every single Denzel Washington movie. We literally at one point had a shelf of every Denzel Washington DVD in the living room. I think we thankfully got, got rid of that. So this was a, anyway, this was a Denzel, uh, this is a movie called Man on Fire. Oh yeah. Um, it's, it's probably shown as age now. It's, it's sort of your typical revenge flick. But at the time it was a very different movie for me. And, um, this, and it was just, you, you, you basically felt, uh, Denzel's rage through the music. It felt like he like took like, like razor blades and drug and drug them against the, the, the cello or something. It was like, and and it was just, I've never heard anything like that. And from there, I just, I had to figure out like, what's going on? What is this? Some of the music was hard to listen to. It was very harsh, but it's knowing that it contributed to something more or something else just really resonated with me. So I would say, um, I would say Harry Gregson Williams um, would be another one uh, as a composer. Then a third person, um, I would say this is going to be, this is going to sound a little, oh, really? You're going to go with that? But (laughs) I I don't care. I'm going to say it. A man named Vince Gilligan. Uh, Vince Gilligan is the creator of Breaking Bad, um, as well as the uh, Better Call Saul side series. Um, He's not a musician at all. He's a showrunner. He's a writer. And I've just seen, I've just been engrossed with, with those TV series and just, their take on narrative and and I and from what I've seen in his interviews on how he leads his team and how he's so modest how he how he takes command but he's not necessarily foreboding or overbearing um, just as a leader and just as a uh, creator as a creative person um, I really admire and I really respect and um, it's something that um, when whenever I'm in a leader position I try to emulate as much as I can. Wow. I'm, I'm going to have to listen to some of these interviews. I'm, oh, yeah. I, I'm really interested in that. That's well, the, the, they, they, made a, they made a podcast, actually, of every single episode of Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad and Better Call Saul, and he's on every single one of them, and he's tell, telling you about the process on how he doubted himself or, or how, like, man, this wasn't working, but then, you know, the editor did, did, it, did it this way, and then it worked again. And, and wow. it's just so it's... I. <laughs> I've I've listened to every single one of those podcasts, <laughs> and you've watched every episode. Of, of course, both those yeah, of course. <laughs> otherwise, it, otherwise it'd be spoiled. But yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a I'm a huge Breaking Bad and uh, Better Call Saul fan. I haven't watched any of those shows, but I'm interested in hearing the story behind it. Yeah, yeah. So, are do you consider yourself? Do you consider yourself now, or have you ever thought of yourself as a storyteller? Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, I love that's 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 what I love about film music so much, and I feel that um, I feel that there's other ways of telling a story through music as opposed to like the lyrics, you know, or 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 um, you know, first chorus, first chorus, bridge chorus, you know, uh, which you know, I I um, I, I love. I love that. I, I love that, that there's just so like certain characters could have themes or, or an event could have a theme or a certain instruments could be assigned to certain characters or, or it could just be this ambiance that makes, you know, I just, I love that so much. And I've, I've loved exploring that. We haven't even gotten to the films that I've, that I've done, but, um, 
but yeah, and 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 I think I will say this that how I sort of got myself in back into jazz is that I try to tell a story with my improvisation now and less of like all right, start simple and gradually get more complicated and get more exciting and get more exciting. Like now it's now I'm just telling a story. And even if it's a story that only I understand or even if I don't understand it, but I'm like now I'm trying to state something. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I would say that I, I would say yeah, I would say that any musician, any any or any art any artist or anybody is a storyteller. We're all storytellers. And um I used to love making up story even before I used to love making up stories when I was a kid. Of a, I used to pretend I was a superhero and I was saving the world. And I used to make these little stick figure like animations on the computer and things <laughs> like that. So yeah, I, I I would say 100%. I'm definitely a storyteller. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. Yeah. So what is it now? Let's get into some of the 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 music grind, right? Right. 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 <clears throat> um. So we've talked about some of the gigs you wound up. Playing for Scientologists. <laughs> don't, you, don't. <laughs> that's the headline now. Yeah, that's the headline. Alfred Shepard, Scientologist musician. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's the the subtitle uh, for this episode. <laughs> you play at a, a church. Yep. One of the things you do is um, you m- just mentioned some film scoring. You play with an artist named Mandy Harvey. Yep. You freelance sure. around town, right? Or do you do that m- less these days? Uh. Um. I do it less these days just because of everything else you've mentioned. Oh, okay. Including the Scientology, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to well, stop saying that. You can freelance Wait, with them too, You're, you're, you're going you're gonna to get some angry uh, <laughs> emails from them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. So, um, it's, so I would say the last three years, Mandy Harvey has kind of been um, my my foremost like what i've I, that that's been my focus for a long time um you're I, obviously her her pianist you're her music director right well. right and i know you've yeah. heard i know previous guests have mentioned yeah. how we've met and things like that um um but yeah yeah it's yeah that that requires a lot of um you know well it's interesting you know okay i'm mandy harvey's music director what does that mean right that's and, a great question. That's that's one of the questions I was going to ask you. Uh, no. What does that mean, Alfred, <laughs> Alfred Shepard? What does that mean? Um, yeah. So Mandy Harvey is 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 very much a musician. Uh, is she, there, there's no like, hey, you can't sing this D flat here. It's a C chord. She knows. She knows all of her scales. She knows chord progressions. She knows all about that. Like, there's no that 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 you know. And and then additionally, all of the band members are incredible musicians. Like they're they're music directors themselves. They're all they understand what to do. So it's it's not really me like rounding up like, okay, guys, what was that out there? We gotta get together and come together and, and really yeah. nail this. It's it's that's not what it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um um sometimes I might have to say a couple of things and the guy's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, that's part of the job, whatever. Um <laughs> no, uh most of most of my job and and requires me to uh establish communications with the venues that we play at. So Mandy Harvey has a certain needs, you know, she needs the instruments to be in a certain place so she can feel them. Um, for those who, who don't know, she is a, a, a deaf singer. Um, she requires, for instance, two monitors that for it to be right at her feet um, to only contain her voice so she can feel herself through the vibration. Um, also, um, um, rightfully so, inclusivity 
is a very important part of 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 Mandy's uh, performances. So there's always an interpreter. So whenever she's playing the ukulele, she can't sign her song. So so she'll have an interpreter interpret right. her songs because there are plenty of of um, of of deaf members of the deaf community who come to see her. Right. There's also plenty of blind people who come to see her. People with cerebral palsy, you know. Um, so that even that requires me to send the lyrics ahead of time to these interpreters mm-hmm. with the song, so they can study them, so they can learn them before they do it. Um, sometimes we'll have a caption, like, or there'll be like a screen behind us, and and there'll oh, be someone cool. who's actually, you know, typing out what's going on. Um, and Manny's really passionate about like like stuff like like of representing music through other. Uh, other realms before besides just hearing them so she she's trying to do things like like a certain color will splash on the screen when you hear this instrument or 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 whatever or the it will distort if we get to this part you know things like that so i sort of um fabricate or the sort of communication between the venues of what's needed the type you know even beyond mandy herself uh the guys you know we we, we can't always, unfortunately, have Mark bass amps that Dan Navarro, the bassist, really loves to use and he sounds amazing on. So, uh, but, you know, sometimes, so sometimes what's on our rider is not, um, it's not available. And, you know, we work with that and we figure out the logistics and things like that. Um, so I'll do that. Or when we play with uh, an orchestra or another ensemble, which we can get into, I might make the arrangements for that. Um, yeah, you've done that, and you've posted that on Instagram and, and mm-hmm. so all your socials. You've done that quite a bit. I have recently. Yeah, yeah, it's it's <clears throat> it's it's been um, quite the experience doing that because um, I had a very small amount of time to to put all those together and to even sort of teach myself certain things. But um, yeah, yeah, it, it 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 was. I had to. I basically changed my diet and. <laughs> um, uh, to like lots of salads, lots of eggs. I, I ran every day to kind of keep my body in the most pristine condition to output the most amount of work because I basically had to write, um, I don't know, a dozen arrangements of for you know fifty plus musicians. Wow, so many parts. I had to write the score as well as the individual parts for the orchestra print them out because they weren't doing PDFs at the time. So I had to go to the print store and print them out, mail them to them. It's like, oh, you missed oboe two here. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so, uh, but yeah, that, that was, um, however, I will say that was probably one of the greatest experiences I've ever had to hear like your, to hear, I mean, it's most of the music is Mandy's music. Don't get me wrong, but still to hear your, your arrangements and your flourishes and your embellishes, your I'm sorry, your embellishments come to life. Yeah, um, there's no experience like it. Um, hearing so many people, everyone's on one accord and they're just all playing it together. Um, um, <clears throat> two things. Okay, how much pressure is that when you have fifty people mm-hmm. who are looking at you? Did you mean a C natural here, ah. or did you mean? This or, right, right, and now you got to fix the cello section right, right now because we're wasting fifty people's time. <laughs> and two, how is how is that 
different from film scoring? Very great questions. I love both of those. So the first one, um, first one, I go back to Vince Gilligan. Um, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to make a mistake. And if anything, it's better for you to own up and admit that you made a mistake than to try to, um, you know, I don't know, man up and try to, you know, twist it in a way that, well, it kind of means this, so you should have interpreted it that way or whatever, uh-huh. you know. Um, that being said, um, you ch- so it gets to a certain point where you have to, that comes from preparation. And you really don't want to write something that people would question because it's going to waste time, like you said. But there has been a few time, times where, where that, has, that has definitely happened. Um, it's a lot of pressure for sure, but I think going back to what I previously said, I think no one there is really out to get you, you know? Mm. I think they all, they all know the work it takes. They all know the small amount of time that I had. Um, so if I constantly reminded myself that and I constantly made myself okay with, I'm not a perfect person, you know, um... I'm just one guy on a computer. I don't have a copyist. I don't have an orchestrator to do this for me. Right. Um, you know, I might have to take 30 seconds, look at it. Uh, yep, I'm in a C. Sorry, let's make that a C. Great. Okay, next thing. And you just move on and you don't... I, it's, so, it's so easy to like stay in that mode, but you got to let it go. You got to let it go and move on. Um, how is it different from film scoring? Hmm. Um... Well, film scoring does not, does not necessarily have to be an orchestra, right? It could be a synth thing. It could be a yeah. whatever. <clears throat> um, That's true. Um, I'm trying to figure out how I can... I mean, they're, they're, they're sort of different, um, but... Um, th- when, we played with, w- when we played with, say, the Detroit Symphony Orchestra... Um, we, we basically took already made songs and just sort of, you know, embellished on them. It's, 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 it's our, it's, you know, the song is done, but now it's about, you know, how do we, you know, how, how, how do we include the orchestra in a musical way that still stays true to the, the original, you know, to the song's original intention. And I think that's what, Every, everything we did, uh, we we did we did a few of Manny's original songs, and then we did a lot of um, jazz standards. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll do like we did like "Fly Me to the Moon." So it's like so a lot of times I have to like go to Mandy's uh, Mandy Harvey's first couple of albums, which are just jazz. Uh, they're just jazz songs, jazz standards, and figure out okay, what are they doing here? How is Mandy singing this? And what are they trying to get across? And how can I stay true to that and include all of these, you know, uh, this this entire 50-plus orchestra? As opposed to film, film, is, a, film is, is, is you're primarily serving the story. Um, you're, you're really just trying to amplify or elevate the story that is being told through the film. So if... You know, if I'm just using, excuse me, if I just, if I'm just using um, two cellos and a flute 
And it's like, well, wait a minute. What about the violas and the violins in between? Maybe in a concert setting, that would probably make more sense. But if the film calls for just this odd, you know, amalgamation of instruments, which that really isn't odd, but I'm just, you know, yeah. giving that example. Um, Something that would seem odd in an orchestral setting yeah. would be appropriate. Would, for exactly. Yeah. The, uh, unless you're, you're looking at experimental music and things like that, but... Sure or avant-garde stuff, but for for the Mandy Harvey stuff, we were just trying to, I was just going for the most traditional you can go with. So yeah, it's, it's it. I think the motive, there, there are tons of things that are the same, but I think the motivations are, and the intentions are slightly different. Can I, can I <clears throat> propose something and then see what you think about it? Okay. Let me, let me propose this, how they are similar. Okay. Maybe not the same, but similar. Okay. With film scoring, I think, you know, I, I agree you have to serve the story. Mm -hmm. But you're serving the story of the dialogue that already exists because usually you're, you're scoring after it's mm -hmm. been shot, right? Yeah, it's been done both ways, but okay. um, I don't know. At the same time, people are moving towards they like to read the script first. But let's, let's, so if, for the sake of argument, let's, let's go. Let's say it's been shot already and you're looking at... Mm -hmm. and you're scoring and you're serving the story according to the dialogue that's right. happening, it's the actor's face or mm -hmm. their reaction or this quick edit or something, mm -hmm. you're, telling a you're helping to tell the story. Sure. Both, both disciplines are telling, trying to tell the same story. Right. And then in the Mandy situation, you still have to tell a story. This orchestra part didn't mm -hmm. exist. Mm -hmm until you wrote it, mm -hmm. but you're still trying to tell the story of that, that one song. It's not the whole film, but it's mm -hmm. one song that you're trying to tell the whole story. You're right. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, no, I, I would absolutely agree. I think there is. And I guess that's what I was trying to say when I was saying I was looking, listening to, to Mandy's original recordings I see. of what is the story that's being told here and how can I add to this story or stay true to this story. So, yeah. Nice. Um, so, <clears throat> so this is, this is your music grind is, is the Mandy thing. You freelance from time to time. Right. Um, L. Ron Hubbard and then that's the Scientology. Oh. That's the Scientology <laughs> reference. <laughs> and then um, I was like, Whoa. now you've, we're going to make that a theme now. Yeah. This is um, <laughs> so, uh, Film scoring. Okay. I know we've talked, uh, and this is this is what you're this is what you want to do. So right. Um, so let's talk about um, the films you've done. What have what are the things that that you've worked on? What what has been your favorite one? And how, favorite how many have you one? done? And which one is your favorite so far? Because you'll do more. Um, I have done. I don't know. I guess over the years of everything that I've been doing, I've probably done about seven or eight films, maybe nine. Um, a lot of them were short films. There was a full feature film I did. Um, what is my favorite one? Well, my favorite one I can't talk about yet. I just finished it. Oh, it's, not, it's, re it's not released it, yet or something? It's not released yet, mm -hmm. and they might not use my music, so... 
Um, but it was great. I really enjoyed it. What um, was with, well, yeah. So I'm not gonna get you to. Uh, maybe I will get you to say something. No, but what what about it was your favorite? Why was that your favorite? Uh, the acting was really good. Oh, um, the there there the the script like these were. Uh, there, there, there were certain, yeah, because I can't talk about it, but there were certain nuances about the film that, you know, when, you know, the whole thing when, 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 when two characters are, are talking and it's like, it's not necessarily what they're saying, but how they're reacting. Mm -hmm. And I got to play with that. I got to, yeah. like, the, he wanted music under, uh oh, now you know it's a he. He wanted music <laughs> under, he wanted music under that. That and, really doesn't narrow it down at all. <laughs> you, you realize that. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I can't, I was going to go somewhere completely different there. <laughs> anyway, he wanted music underneath that and I got to play with that and I thought that was neat. Um, and I was, what I didn't like, it was super last minute and I just, but, and I had like less than 24 hours to do it, but wow, it was, uh, that was, that was a whole other thing, but I really did. I, I, the reason why I decided to do it because their deadline was up and, you know, unfortunately they didn't connect with me until the last minute, but I, I wanted to do it because I believe in what they made and I felt what they made was true quality. So and you got to see it? Or, I did. Or did you get to see it or just read the script or what? And, and uh, then before you were able to decide, the, you see the thing. It was supposed to be before I was able to decide, but then uh. that didn't happen. <laughs> well, see, it was, I'm trying to make this short. Uh, like I, I got the call on Sunday. I had to make a trip to Atlanta on Monday. Mm. But I got the call on Sunday. They said they were going to send the film to me Sunday night. Now, if I would have gotten the film Sunday night, I wouldn't have driven to Atlanta. They didn't send it to me Sunday night. <laughs> so I figured, oh, it didn't go through. So now I'm driving to Atlanta uh, on Monday, and then I get the film. Uh -huh. Now, I can't watch the film because I'm driving. <laughs> so I get to Atlanta that night, and then I watch it. I do my business, what I got to do in Atlanta, which I also can't talk about. And oh, then, man. <laughs> so many scandalous stories. <laughs> <laughs> and then I literally watch it that night. But of course, I don't have any of my gear with me. I can't compose anything. Right. And then, so then I, I drive back the Tuesday morning. No. Yeah, I drive back the Tuesday morning and traffic was awful. So I didn't get back to Tampa, Florida until that evening. They needed it by Wednesday. Wow. <laughs> so, uh that that's that's kind of what happened and um but you know that's just how it happens and and there's there's that's not going to be the last last minute project that i do if i want to work in <laughs> yeah. film that's yeah. just the way it is um so so did you wind up doing like in in that short of time mm -hmm. you i can't imagine you have time to score a whole thing was it just yeah. synth piano or uh you know, Ooh, can I talk about beatboxing. That? <laughs> I can talk about that. There is, there is definitely piano. There is definitely synth. Um, there are a few strings I added to, but there weren't like four part writing, like mm -hmm. individual. There were more like pads for sure. Um, I did a good job. Uh, I, well, I wouldn't say I did a great, you know, a great job, but under the time constraints that I, that I had, I don't think I've made something that decent. Um, I listened to it now. I was like, oh, I forgot to turn down that thing or whatever, you know, of, of course, you know. We'll never but, escape that. Uh, you know, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. But yeah, I, I would probably be better if I told you about the film I could tell, <laughs> to talk about. Yeah, but you can't, <laughs> as yeah. my, my favorite one. <laughs> and um, I probably got, there's this film called um, 
Serrera. I think you can actually look it up on on YouTube. I believe uh, it's um, produced, but it's by a company uh, Wild Style Media. So if, I think if you Google Serrera, C E R R, can I spell it? E R A. Ugh, Serrera. Um, I believe that's how you spell it. And then you look up Wild Style Media or even Three Studios Multimedia. They they work together a lot. Um, it's a short action flick. Um, almost like a revenge story. It's just it was just a, it's just a fun time. It's uh it's it's like a fun um, it's about this girl who's who's sort of infiltrating this um this crime organization, and um and she's just kicking butt. And um it was I, I guess I I've, I guess I was technically my first action film that I've done, and um. I made a lot. It, I made a lot of different music. Like they, they, there wasn't. It wasn't really consistent. Um, like I did like a. There was like a funk one. There was like this uh, hard rock one. Oh, that was that was fun. And then there was like this sort of electronic piano one. Um, there was like a little synth wave. I remember that was like the end credits one. <laughs> so I, I, I think I made. Then I was like, tw- I was f- twenty fourteen. So it's like six years ago. <laughs> um, but. I, I, I don't know how well it holds up now. I haven't seen it in a while, but I, I, I liked, uh, I liked, I appreciate the different ways it challenged me and it won. I won an award for it. Uh, nice. I won the best score for it. It was in the, the Florida action film challenge in which you have to make a film in 30 days, which means of course I get like three. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, that was a fun time. That's great. Yeah. So, Alfred Shepard, mm-hmm. what's next for you? Ah, uh, here we go. Uh oh, more <laughs> scandalous stories. <laughs> You're gonna get me in trouble. No. <laughs> so the 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 big thing that I am just telling everyone now is I am moving to LA. Um, at the time of this recording, the plan is for me to be in LA January 2020. So I, I suppose by the time this this airs. I will be a new Los Angeles resident. Nice. Um, and um, it's a huge move. Um, yeah. I've never made anything like that before. I don't necessarily have everything planned either, which is very unlike me. Um, but I kind of have this opportunity to sort of live in this pretty decent place for a pretty decent deal that. I can't really turn down. They would need me to move in January. So I am. So for all you um, LA listeners out there, <laughs> I, I'll, 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 I'll be out there um, continuing that music grind. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm. I'm now actively pursuing um, a career in, in film music. Um, it's. I realized that that is a huge passion of mine. It, it's a big part of why I wake up in the morning. Um, I'm still working with Mandy Harvey. I'm still her music director. I'm still a jazz musician. I'll still be playing jazz and shows and and all that stuff, playing in churches and all that stuff. Maybe not Scientology, but you know, well, <laughs> they, we'll they're out there too. I, I guess they are, right? <laughs> um, but um, um, but I am going to actively be pursuing. It's I know it's going to take me years, but I'm going to be actively pursuing um, a career in film music. Um, there are certain films that are lined up that I obviously cannot talk about 
um, that I may or may not be a part of. Really? Yeah, that's um, great. So there, I'm going to try to follow up on those on those contacts that I've made. I'm going to try to create more contacts, networking, selling yourself, as we discussed <laughs> earlier, which is very hard to do, but I'm going to go for it. And um, I'm just going to give it an honest try. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But, you know, I'm still young. I'm single, you know, um, no kids. So I just figured this is probably the, the best time for me to do it. This is the best time for me to try. And, um, yeah, that, that, that'll, um, that's going to be the, that's going to be what's next for me. Yeah. This, I, I, I think you're exactly right. This is the exact, this is the right time to do it. 2020. <clears throat> and I think, yeah. You'll we'll have a clear vision. <laughs> Stupid. I set you up. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The, I think, man, I I listen to you and I, I think you have like unlimited potential. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate I, that. I really mean that. And it's funny that you, one of your in influences that you listed was Herbie Hancock because I have described you to people around here as... Um, the Herbie Hancock of this area. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> we have our own our own version of Herbie Hancock. And well, thank Alfred you. I, I, pre- it's, <laughs> I don't think I can say that joke. There's an inside joke about me and Herbie Hancock with the band, with the Mandy Harvey band. I, I guess I'll just say this. Uh, <laughs> they, 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 it always ends with, you're no Herbie Hancock. <laughs> so <laughs> it's funny that you're not saying that I am. You know? <laughs> so take that, guys. Oh, I think I remember. Wait, uh, I think you've told me that story. Yeah. Oh. No, we can't talk yeah, about that. Yeah, we can't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I sure did tell you about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you are. But you're not. You're Alfred Shepard. Exactly. And that's what I'm going <clears throat> to try to be, the best Alfred Shepard that Absolutely. I can be. And, you know, whether that's killing it in L.A. or chilling in Tampa or somewhere in between, you know, I'll, I'll be Alfred Shepard. Absolutely. Well, Alfred, thanks for taking the time to doing this, man. It's, it's been great to hear your story. I knew a little bit, only a little bit actually. Sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's an honor, man. And I, I totally respect what you're doing. I think this is an awesome podcast and um, I wish you the best of success with everything you're doing as well. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. There's Alfred Shepard, alfredshepardmusic.com. He's no Herbie Hancock. He's no Herbie Hancock. (laughs) Ask him, if you see him in person, ask him to tell you that story. Or if you have his number uh, or hit him up on on Instagram, ask him to tell you that story. I wonder if he will uh, to whomever asks. I hope he does. I consider him the Herbie Hancock, but he really is the Alfred Shepard. Anyways, um, I digress. So yeah, he was cheating on jazz and uh, not anymore. He's made peace. He's made peace with jazz. Um, so I uh, just want to reference uh, so four scores podcast that we talked about. That is um, that is available, at least on Apple anyways. Really go check that out. That's really actually a really interesting uh, podcast where they talk to film composers and I hope one day Alfred uh, winds up on that uh, as a guest on that podcast because that would be uh, really awesome thanks for listening everybody and um, please remember please remember to subscribe rate this on uh, on Apple 
on iTunes or Apple Podcast or Stitcher or uh, Spotify. And I just recently um, submitted this to Pandora. So soon you'll be able to find this on Pandora as well. Or if, I mean, if you're already listening, then you've found it somewhere. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe and share it. Share it to whomever you want. Send me an email at music. Oh, sorry, that's Instagram at music grind podcast. Email is music grind podcast at gmail.com. Uh, let me know what you think of the podcast. Let me know whether it's good or bad. Doesn't matter. Let me know. Uh, or if you have ideas of who you want to hear from, uh, let me know that too. If you have questions for people, let me know. Um, yeah, there you go. You can find Alfred at at Alfred Shepherd. That's two P's in Shepherd. At Alfred Shepherd Music, uh, or go on his website AlfredShepherdMusic.com. And as you heard, he is, he did actually move to LA at the beginning of this year, earlier this month. So he's out there. I'm sure he'll be back here in Tampa visiting. But he, right now, he's making a go of it in uh, in Los Angeles, and I wish him all the best because he really deserves it. Uh, he's and I think he I think he will do well because he's at that level. And if you want to follow me, um, that's at TDV Music. That's my own music, and I put up uh, videos and and uh, do gigs and stuff like that. TDVMusic.com. You can. Uh, probably find where I am, although these days it's not a lot of uh, public events. Uh, but just keep up with me if you'd like, if you're interested in that sort of thing. <laughs> well, keep an eye out, keep an ear out for on Instagram. Follow at Music Crime Podcast once again, because um, I have some ideas on stuff that's going to be coming up. Some new interviews that are, that are already in the works. Um, new discussions and... If you've been listening before, the Spotify thing that I've mentioned before, um, I am working on that. Keep tuned. Stay, no, stay tuned. That's the right verbiage. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, everyone out there, thanks for listening. Stay safe and uh, see you next time. <laughs>